Hey everyone, my name is Zach Barker. Welcome to Worship Story. Well, it has been uh, a minute since we last hung out here in in the podverse, in the podcastverse, podiverse, whatever we want to call it. It's been a couple weeks since the last episode. And at the beginning of this one, I wanted to say, that's not your fault. <laughs> Just wanted to get that out of the way. So we're not awkward here from the start. Much like everyone, there's been a lot of life happening and uh, obviously with in the church calendar, we had Holy Week, and then my oldest son was on spring break, so I took some time off. We had family in town. My youngest had a broken leg that maybe I kind of broke, um, and it was an accident trampoline. So our time was just kind of crunched, and I haven't been keeping the weekly podcast schedule that I wanted to. Uh, so I'm committing to you right now that I will try to my best to aim for once a week. Also, my son's fine. He's legs out of his cast. He's going to be okay. But enough about me. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode, which uh, is going to be a song devotional. And if this is your first time listening, these episodes are meant to dive a little deeper on worship songs that we sing at church. There are such rich truths and theology in, in worship songs, and I love exploring that and meditating on that. And uh, if you're listening to this, I hope that you do too. So I play the full song at the end of the episode, so stick around for that. But I truly pray that whenever or wherever you are listening to this, this can be a time for you to worship our God in maybe a different way through this song. So let's break down Robbie C.'s song written out of Psalm 134, Bless the Lord. This song was written by Robbie C. in 2014 for his album called Psalms. I first heard about this album at a a small worship conference a couple years ago that Robbie was leading at, and his story behind it was extremely inspiring and cool. The short version is that uh, he was on a trip to the Holy Land and and was visiting a, a, I think of it, a temple, and he heard some Jewish leaders singing through the Psalms and he was so moved, but also kind of convicted that he didn't know and really own the Psalms like he should as a worship leader. And so he decided the best way to better internalize them for his own heart was to write an album of songs directly out of scripture. And after hearing that story, I immediately purchased the album and the first song on it was this song, Psalm 134, Bless the Lord. And I knew within the first 30 seconds of listening to it that I wanted to bring this to my church and start leading this song. Um, What drew me to it was that it, it is a call to worship song. It very directly sets the stage for what we want to do as the gathered church. And as a worship pastor who thinks about song order and placement, 
um, probably like 20 hours a week, every week, these songs are are gold. And uh, the church needs more songs that are, are direct calls to worship. Uh, sidebar, if you're a songwriter, start writing more call to worship songs, please and thank you. Uh, Matt Redman has a few great ones out there, but um, we can always use some more. And I'm sure there's some that you know of um, that I don't know of, but we just, we could use some more of them. So calls to worship are extremely important part of our liturgy on, on Sundays, which simply means that the order and the way in which we form our, our worship together moments. Um, I think about corporate worship lyrics in terms of horizontal and vertical intent. Horizontal lyrics are about us here on earth, um, encouraging one another, dealing with the realities of, of what it's like to be human. Um, and vertical lyrics are between us on earth and God and his glory in heaven. Um, these are just my definitions. Uh, so don't think that these are <laughs> gospel uh, definitions, but this is how I think about, about worship lyrics. And so in every church, every Sunday begins with some sort of horizontal acknowledgement. Sometimes it's done through scripture reading. Sometimes it's through prayer. It's through the welcoming announcements. Um, or sometimes it's an encouragement from someone. But it's, it's always some form of, this is super distilled down, but it's always some form of, hey, welcome. You're at church right now. Your physical body is at church. And we have to do this because our human brains are so consumed with thought that before we can truly and honestly sing, pray, and declare vertical lyrics of worship, we must acknowledge in our hearts and minds the purpose of why we are at a corporate worship gathering. And that's why I love songs like this that capture a call to worship so eloquently. And especially why I love this song, because it's written directly out of Scripture. Uh, Psalm 134 is one of the songs of ascent. It's the last one of, of, of the 15 of them. And the songs of ascent are a group of psalms from Psalms 120 to 134. And they're sometimes also called uh, pilgrim songs. A little background on that. Uh, the city of Jerusalem is situated up on, on a high hill topographically, geographically, topographically, that sounds good. Jews traveling to Jerusalem um, for one of the three main annual Jewish festivals traditionally sang these songs on their ascent, on the uphill road into the city. And according to some traditions, the, the Jewish priests would also sing some of these songs of ascent as they walked up the actual steps to the temple in Jerusalem. And each of the psalms in, in this collection, Psalm 120 through 134, begins with the title, A Song of Ascents. And while they were not originally composed for this purpose, these psalms were, were later grouped together for use in traveling toward Jerusalem for the yearly festivals. And so before we break down uh, the song lyrics... Uh, let's read Psalm 134, this this song uh, of ascent. Um, so it says, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. 
Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. So let's go to the song lyrics now and see what was pulled out of there. So the song is very simple in the best way. Um, there's a verse and there's a chorus <laughs> and it's repeated and there's dynamics added and, and there's music added and, um, but it's very simple and, uh, and which is great, a great way. That's why I say it's a great call to worship song. So verse one, come and bless the Lord. Come and bless the Lord. Come and bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. So directly from the first verse of that psalm. Um, and let's talk about the word bless here. This does not mean to bless in the sense that a, a greater being is bestowing blessing on a lesser being, um, like as in God blessing us, his blessings towards us. Uh, this is a different, uh, different sense. God is infinitely greater than man, and man could never give a blessing to God in that sense. But this phrase of bless is the idea that it blesses and honors God when his creatures praise him and thank him appropriately. So come and bless the Lord. That is, come and speak of his good name of his powerful name. Tell of the wonders that he has done. Tell of the goodness he has given you. Don't stand like statues that are idle and silent. Use your hearts and voice to bring forth his praise. R remember in, in scripture, these songs of ascent are, are sung by people heading to worship God. They're traveling to the temple in Jerusalem and encouraging each other to go and bless him. Like, hey, we're about to do this. We're about to go be in, in the place where God's presence is. And we're about to gather with each other. And so let's, let's go. Let's, let's, let's bring forth our praise. And this is the same encouragement that we have for each other today, that we should have for each other today. Basically saying, hey, don't sit back idle and silent in your mind. Come to worship the great God. Come and bless his name in front of the world. Come and bless his name with your life, with how you live all of you servants who partner in the gospel of Jesus, it's time to worship. It's time to bring honor to his name. So then the chorus, lift up your hands to the holy place. Lift up your hands and bless his name. So this comes from verse 2 of, of Psalm 134. So the lifting of hands, it was not, only a common posture for prayer uh, among ancient Hebrews. It was also appropriate for praise. It, it displayed the anticipation of greatly receiving from God and the sense of surrender to him. Um, I've always thought of, you know, why, why do we lift, why do people lift their hands in worship right now? What, what, is, what is about this physical posture that why do people do that? Why, why is that a thing? If you really think about it, like, why, why am I lifting my hands? Why am I physically putting my hands up for something that I'm singing? Well, there, uh, there's th three reasons um, why we physically lift our hands. Um, one, it is the universal sign of surrender, right? Someone, you know, the, that, that is the, hey, I, I give up. My, my hands are in the air. 
Two, it's a celebration. It's a posture of celebration. What do we do when we want to physically show a joyous emotion? Um, look, look at sports, sporting events. Uh, people raise their hands. People lift their hands. It's like this week, yesterday, when my, my beloved Chelsea FC soccer team in London made it to the semifinals of the Champions League, my hands were up in the air. I'm watching it on a screen. I'm watching it on a laptop. My hands are up in the air. Like, yes, we did it. We made it. We're celebrating. And the third reason, why, why do we lift our hands, is, is as a child needing to be picked up. My, I've got two young sons, and, and when one of them wants to be picked up, what does he do? He comes up to me, and he puts his hands up in the air. And so the lifting of hands physically, it, it, it means something to us. And these are also translated in, in worship. Are we, are we in a posture of needing to surrender? When, when we're worshiping, when we're, when, we're in ver- when we're singing vertical lyrics of God saying, like, I, I, I need your presence. Are we, are we celebrating? Like, God, you are so good. You are so good. And I'm celebrating what you have done and what you are doing and that your presence is here. Or are we, as children, just acknowledging the love of the Father, saying, God, I need to be lifted up. So the lifting of hands in worship is, is a gesture of our outward praise. It, it's an intimation of our expectation of receiving blessings from the Lord. And that's it. That's the end of the song. <laughs> Those are the lyrics. There's two sections. And it repeats and it's perfectly simple and extremely necessary in that simplicity. And... At my church, uh, to make it a little more personal, um, we've actually added another phrase at the end of that that simply declares, we come to worship you. We come to worship you. We come to worship you and give glory to your name. We, we sing that almost as the bridge of this song, as the third section. And as I led this song the first time, those words came out kind of spontaneously as I was singing. And there, because there was just something about my heart that wanted to turn from these beautiful horizontal encouragements to each other of come and, come and bless the Lord. Let's lift up your hands towards the holy place, towards where he is, towards his presence, and bless his name. My heart wanted to turn from the horizontal encouragements to an on-the-nose vertical desire. God, we come to worship you. And we come to give glory to your name. So if we're honest with ourselves, we should probably read this psalm every morning immediately when we wake up. There is something so amazing about a horizontal encouragement to lift our eyes up from ourselves and posture our hearts towards the living holy God. We need it. It's why corporate worship is so important in the life of the follower of Christ. We are meant to have deep, solo moments with God and also meant to live in community with other believers, helping point the way towards Jesus daily and and clearing the path for each other when our humanness gets in the way. It's God's great design for us to live together in this encouraging community. That's, That's part of our discipleship. And so today... Right now, before we play this song, I pray that your eyes will be pointed towards the Lord. Let's come and worship his great name.
Let's lift our hands in a posture of expectation of his blessing, of his goodness, of his richness. So I pray that you would choose today to worship God with how you live. So come to the holy place. Focus on the sanctuary. Focus on, on his, his place. And let's bless the Lord.